Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. I don't know how to fix this when I can't see right through my head. And I don't know what I'm doing that can't shake down all this fear and all this damn therapy. It's really just scaring me. And all I really wanna be is just someone happy. I Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Put the Stress Down podcast. As always, it is an honor and an absolute pleasure to be back, and I thank you all for tuning in and sharing your time with us today. Tonight's guest is a man that wears many, many hats, an actor, a motivational speaker, youth mentor, and really one of the biggest hustlers you're ever going to meet. I've been following him for quite a long time and just watching from the shadows, you know, and we've been a part of the same events and share a lot of mutual friends, but we've never taken the time to sit and chat. And you know what? We're going to go ahead and change that tonight. So you can follow him on Instagram at underscore C-E-E-Z underscore up underscore one. And you can follow his business at pushing fruits underscore L.A. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it is an absolute honor to welcome our friend George to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me on your show. And um, man, I'm excited to get this conversation going. Awesome, man. That means a lot. You know, that that makes me happy to hear, bro, because, you know, it's not not everybody has that same, uh, you know, motivation. And that's fine. You know, not everybody's comfortable sure. speaking and talking on certain things. And that's totally fine and understandable. So, you know, when men and women like you step up and say, hey, I, I want not only do I want to do it, I'm eager to do it. It, it makes it a lot yeah. easier. You know what I mean? So let's go ahead and get into it, bro. Let's get a little bit of background on you. Where were you uh, born and raised and kind of what was, you know, the family situation like? Sure. So, so, um, I was born in, I was born in San Diego and then, um, shortly after, um, I, was, I think I was, you know, under a year of age, we moved down to LA area, um, which was like more east of LA towards like Norwalk, um, uh, lived there for a little bit. And then we ultimately ended up in the city of El Monte. Okay, yeah, yeah, El Monte, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the city next, right yeah. next to me, where I live in Rosemead. So, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was born and raised all around here too, <laughs> LA County. Same thing, you know, down Norwalk, you name it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Ro- Rosemead is where I am now. Is where I landed with my wife. So, uh, you know, it, it's right a good on. town, bro. And I got love for El Monte. You know, I spent a lot of time there back in the day. So, you know, what was it like that's in right. your house when it came to like the family situation? Were you did you have the whole family, mom and dad, brothers, <laughs> sisters, or or what was the deal there growing um, up until like you? hit the teenage years yeah um no actually it wasn't it was a, uh, you know it was it was pretty rocky um let me see so so from the age of uh like five to ten i believe um we we were living with uh, my mom myself my sister and my mom's husband which is it, it turns out to be my little brother's dad you know yeah and uh we we lived with him for a while and um and man, you know, they ended up divorcing. Um, and, and that was when the roller coaster started. Just the, the whole mixed emotions of that father figure leaving the house, you know? Right, right, right. <clears throat> so what was that like? I mean, you know, up to that point before, before the divorce, 
what was the attitude on things like mental health or, or on like sad things like say someone in the family passed or something like that was there yeah. you know was there somebody to talk to you and, and explain to you why you were feeling the way you were feeling or was it just kind of you just kind of had to deal with it at that age and figure it out yeah you know what I, in my shoes it was just it was just something that i had to deal with on my own and just had to overcome eventually um growing so you know growing up before I was 10, I lived a long time with my grandma, which was my mom's mom. Um, she raised us until about, you know, nine and a half or nine years old, I think. And then that's when we, my sister and myself went to go move with my mom. And, um, and you know, things, she kind of was over her little, I guess she was going through like some, uh, just trying to find herself, you know, and she had some addictions herself and she was just trying to figure things out. And when she did, uh, we moved back with my mom and, and, um, and, you know, Skip, which was my stepdad. And, uh, and then, uh, we were living that little family life. And then, you know, push came to shove. And all of a sudden, my mom sat me down and I was like, oh, Skip ain't coming home no more. Um, you know, we're going to get a divorce. And she had just had my brother. So he, he might have been like months old. Right. And then, um, <clears throat> and it was just, uh, Man, you know, and, and before that, I had a cousin that passed away. He, he was, like, one of the first ones that passed away of the AIDS epidemic back, like, in the, I guess that was, like, the early 80s, you know, or mid-80s, something like that. Um, and that was pretty bad for me because I was, you know, we're, we're best friends. We, we would go everywhere together. And, yeah. And, uh, and that kind of was, that kind of was a little crazy. That was probably the first thing that I remember as far as something sad that happened in the family. Um, but that was pretty hard. Got over that. And then, you know, then now I'm, I'm 10, 11 years old. And my mom's telling me that, you know, my stepdad, who I love so much and, and did so much for me, um, that he was leaving. And, and that's when, you know, I felt so many, so many ways and I couldn't express it other than telling my mom I was going to kill myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that, that was, that was probably the hardest thing that I remember as a kid having to deal with for sure. And what was, what was it that, that made you feel that way? Was it just that he had come along and made you feel loved and protected and like everything was always going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, one day he wasn't yeah it was almost it was almost like uh you know I, I mean as a kid you know it, it becomes a habit you see you know both your parents have had you know what i mean and um he was my he was my t-ball coach and he bought me my first bike and you know uh he was he was making the family thing happen because my mom um like i said she she had severe depression um she suffers from depression like which is chronic and and um and that's that was pretty hard to deal with and it almost seemed like skip was kind of the savior you know what i mean he, yeah. he was he was at, at at the house to level my mom out you know what i mean and and kind of bring her joy at the same time so it was it wasn't as frequent that i would see her so depressed <clears throat> so when i knew that was crumbling down it was kind of like i felt like it was the end of the world you know and and just the sadness and, and anger, and I was mad at my mom, and, you know, because I felt like it was her fault, 
because I, I, you know, I didn't understand what was going on other than she was kicking them out, you know, and I would hear her talk shit here and there. And, um, and I would just put it together like, man, my mom's kind of like throwing them out, you know, and, and yeah, so I think just all the sadness and all the emotions just built up inside of me. And that's been a lot lifelong problem um, with me and that I hold everything inside. I, I hardly talk about things. I, I hardly, uh, you know, cry. But what I do do is I, I cover it up with laughter and, and, and comedic stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, just, just trying to make people mechanism. happy, you know, for sure. And so I learned that as a kid, you know, and, and at the time, it was, I was, I was just devastated, bro. And, and I really just felt like it was the end of the world. And I didn't know what else to do other than just end my life. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to go through all that stuff. And it just seemed like it was, it was the worst means ever, you know? Yeah, for sure. And at that point in your life, bro, like it was the worst thing ever, you know, and we have to stop sure. discounting our children and the youth when they talk about these things, when they say, Hey, I feel like taking my life. You know what I mean? We got to yeah. stop saying, I, especially in Hispanic culture, you know, me growing up Mexican, it was the same. Like, ah, you're just, what? You know what I mean? They scoff, they laugh it off. Yeah. It's nothing. It's none of that shit is real. Depression's not real. Anxiety's not real. I'm here to tell you, I'm yeah. living proof. It's real. Not only is it real, That's it's true. crippling. Not only is it crippling yeah. to me, it will affect my children and their children and their children. You know what I mean? So, but we yeah, were, yeah. we were so conditioned to believe all of that was fake. Yeah, man. So, and that's, you know, I would tell my mom, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad and why does he have to go and this? And, and, you know, at that point she was, she, I feel like she was drowning her sorrow and her emotions with alcohol. Mm. And, and now the whole cycle of her, her depression being out on the table for everyone to see was just, it was there, you know? And, and my sister, um, She's four years older than me. She was always into school, so she was always locked up in her room with her earphones on doing her homework, you know, and, and I was legit outside dealing with real life. Yeah. And I was trying to control my mom's emotions, you know, because she would just, she would be going through it, you know, and that's the thing about alcohol is, you know, I, you know, I myself as an adult, you know, I have a couple of micheladas here and there or whatever, but um, I'm, I'm not a fan of alcohol, you know, because I've seen, I've seen growing up the destruction that it brought to my mom. Yeah. You know, not only was she depressed and she was on antidepressants, but she was taking the antidepressants with alcohol, you know, and, and that right there is like a Molotov cocktail. It's oh, yeah. about to blow, you know what I mean? Straight up. And, and so, yeah, man. And, <clears throat> and, um, I was just dealing with her, you know, it was me and my mom going through it, man. And, and I finally, um, you know, I, I really wanted to, I don't think I was, I don't think, I, I don't think I knew how to kill myself at the time. I think I just knew that by taking a handful of pills, you would be in pretty bad shape. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, that's heavy, man. That, at that age, and, for you to be and, having those thoughts, that that's very heavy, man. Yeah, for sure, man. And, 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 and the only reason I knew of that, you know, is just because, um, as a kid, I, I was always a, a fan of realistic TV shows, like, you know, chips and there's these other ones called like emergency and uh, rescue nine one one and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and I would pay attention. I would be zoned into it like a cartoon and I would see people overdosing and all that stuff on TV. And so that's what gave me the idea, you know, because I wasn't around, you know, my mom didn't have guns and all this stuff. So, 
so that was never a question. But just, you know, there was a point where my mom was fed up with me telling her I was so depressed and and um, and she ended up dropping me off at a mental institution, man, straight up. Wow. So what was that like? And how old were you at this time? <clears throat> so I was I was uh, between 11 and 12. Um, wow. And what happened was she finally saw that, you know, now as a parent, I think myself, you know, that right there to tell your parents you're going to kill yourself. Like I, I couldn't imagine what my mom was feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't blame her for doing what she did, but what I do blame her for is the way she did it. You know what I mean? And, right. And, and what happened was, is that she would tell me like, well, I'm going to take you to, you know, we're all going to go see a counselor, um, including Skip, which is my stepdad. And, and I felt like, okay, like I'm, I'm down with that, you know? And one day she, uh, she, t- we went to go see the counselor and, um, we went to this facility, right. In Torrance. And I remember walking in and, one of the first things the counselor, she introduced herself and the first thing she did was she showed me where the buffet cafeteria was. Cause I was a little, you know, I was a little chunkster and, yeah. and, uh, I, apparently she knew that, you know, I probably was hungry being a little <laughs> fat boy, you know? So, yeah. so she, showed, she took me to the cafeteria, her and my mom and, and, and they were, I remember the lady telling me like, Oh, well, me, while you eat, me and your mom are going to talk to my office about, you know, whatever. So I finished my food and it's crazy because I remember I had a chicken thigh, mashed potatoes, a corn on the cob and frozen yogurt after, yeah. right? Like it was yesterday, and, you remember this. For sure. And I remember eating the, you know, finishing my lunch and I was kind of thinking to myself like, okay, now what I do, you know? And so I went and I, and I found my way back to the office and uh, my mom wasn't there, but the lady was. And I asked the lady like, Oh, where's my mom at? And she's like, Oh, well, see, this is kind of how it's going to go down. <laughs> you're oh, not, wow. you're going to stay here. You're going to stay here and we're going to help you and this and that. And, and here we go again. I felt like the walls are just caving in on me, you know, and, and it was against the world and, and I couldn't fight. You know what I mean? Right. No, I mean, and, uh, bro, I can't even, t- I'm trying to just listening to you and trying to get into that headspace as an adult that happening to me, I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah. And you're talking about an 11, 12-year-old boy? Yeah, yeah. And then the place was called the Delamo. It was the Delamo Behavioral Center in Torrance. And um, and so I so I was there, and, you know, they, they, sent, they showed me my way to my dorm, and there were, like, four other kids in there, and and those guys were really crazy, you know what I mean? And, and I'm looking around, like, one, one of the kids, like, burned his sister's hair while she was asleep or some crazy shit you know and i'm thinking to myself like dude i do not belong in this bitch like i literally was just telling my mom that for attention maybe like i don't think i'm crazy you know what i mean so it was kind of like i kind of cried wolf and it backfired on me you know what i'm saying and yeah and um and now it was time now the sadness was gone it was just straight up anger and and then that's when the violence started, you know what I mean? I just started inflicting violence upon everyone and, and they would just, uh, you know, call it a code green and all the staff would, there was three sections. It was like the kids, adolescents and adults and they would lock it down and, and the staff would come and they would grab me 
and put me literally in a padded room and restrained me with leather restraints to a bed for a four hour cycle. And so I slept it off, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I did that for about a year, a year and a half. And then I went to another facility and, um, and then I was there for a short time and I ended up going back with my mom. But by that time it was like, I really didn't, I knew that I could fight. I knew that I was a big kid and, and you know, what, what other way of continuing that cycle than to just keep fighting and keep rebelling outside and messing up in school. And just, I was just a mess, you know what I mean? And, and it, all, yeah. it was based upon depression and anger. Of course, bro. I mean, of course. Yeah. And, and so many other emotions that you probably didn't even understand, let alone know how to express. And, you know, you're acting out yeah. and all these people, I'm sure, are looking at you and forming their own opinions of why you are the way you are. And really, you just, you're yeah. just crying for help. You don't know how to fight this battle. You know what I mean? And that's the only <clears throat> way you know how to express it. You know, the only way. So now, I mean, after yeah. that, that that's crazy. So now you get into your teen yeah. years, man. And the, and these are the, yeah, real, so the that, real formative years now. So walk me through that part of your life now. So now, uh, so now we're in Almani and, you know, I'm, I started high school and, you know, I was into sports. I've always, I've always wanted to, I always had an interest in sports. And, you know, I was on the swim team in the ninth grade at Sierra Vista High School. Um, then I transferred to, uh, to Almani. I was, I was on the wrestling team, um, like my sophomore year. And then, uh, and then after that, it just, uh, I was on the football team as well at Sierra Vista. And then, um, after, like my, after my 10th grade year, I think that whole, I don't give a fuck attitude just started kind of, that was like the start of it. That's when, that's when I just was telling myself, like, I'm a loser, like, I'm failing all my classes, like, uh, I'm not even worth coming to school anymore, you know, wasting everybody's time, and fuck it, let's hit the streets, you know, and, and, um, and that's when that, that chapter of my life started. Yeah, and I know, like, for me, my teenagers, my teenage years, you know, I was, I was got really into the punk rock scene, you know, so I was in backyard gigs and, you know, doing that type of stuff. But yeah. there was still, you know, I grew up in Southgate, Huntington Park, you know, all those cities. So there was gangs everywhere. I mean, there was cholos at the backyard sure. gigs, you know what I mean? So even For me sure. just being part of the, uh, the punk rock scene, being a rocker fool, like I was, yeah. I myself there was drugs and alcohol everywhere, you know what I mean? And I was what, yeah. 13, 14 doing this. So, you know, what was that like for you? What was your kind of setting? You know what I mean? Who, what kind of crew were so, you hanging out with? Yeah. So, the, so the crew I was hanging out with was just the, you know, the kids from my neighborhood, um, from the block that we lived on or whatever. And, but the problem was, is that I, I always kicked it with older people, you know what I mean? And, and that just stems from always being with my mom and her friends while they're drinking. And I'm in the mix with like a nosy little kid, like little cheese muscle right there in the <laughs> yeah. mix, you know? And, yeah. And because of that, like the kids my age, it, I wasn't interested in that. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I was interested in the older homies that were, you know, talking at the table. That's that's what I was used to, you know. And and so the one thing that saved me though, like just through those years of terror on the streets of Almani, was that I didn't. I, I was kind of against drinking. I was kind. Of, I was against. You know, I, I think I would smoke weed here and there. But I just was against all that because I just knew the beast that it 
it held. Right. You know what I mean? And and um and I was always conscious of what I was doing. So so that that I had the upper hand most of the time, you know. But um but yeah, so that's that's how that started and and um just trying to stay out of the house as much as I can because, you know, there there was bad stuff happening at home. You know, my mom was drinking um, you know, she'll throw on Michael Bolton and it was a wrap. You know what I'm saying? It, it was just roller coaster of emotions at our house. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, that is, ends, so now you're, that you're having to now at a very young age, you know, you're conditioned now to know, hey, when Bolton comes on, it's over. You know what I mean? You're, you're having to kind of, you know, like you're just knowing, like, and, the, and these shouldn't be yeah. the types of things we're dealing with as children coming home from school, you know, because it's like yeah. everybody else can go home and pop on the TV and get some cartoons and their mom's going to bring them a nice little snack and they're going to have dinner at the table together. Well, for a lot of us, that yeah. wasn't the case. It wasn't, bro. It, it was more like, you know, I, I would have to come home and wait on the porch for my mom to get home. And that hour, hour and a half, two hours until she got home was like the the, the silent before the storm, you yeah, know. Yeah. That, because when she got home, it was on and cracking. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna knock my mom. You know, she no, 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 she not still handles yeah, her yeah. business. Of she course. she uh, she would make dinner and and you know hang out, but she she would do that while she was sipping on her wine, and then the black velvet came out, and then the emotions came out you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and and I always kept that in the back of my head even growing up as an adult just like I you know that's that's one of the reasons why alcohol I'm not a fan of you know what I'm saying because I just see I just see the the the, the beast that it can with be inside of somebody with alcohol yeah. but uh but yeah man so that's <clears throat> so that's how that that started in in the city of Almani man and Lo and behold, you know, I just thought I was the bigger man. And my mom, uh, she would always tell me, you know, there's always someone bigger and better than you. And mm-hmm. she was right. Yeah. And what happened with that? So, uh, so when, when she told me that, you know, I would always, it was like a good six months before, uh, you know, myself and my brother, Gapo, uh, rest in peace, we got shot on the way to Vegas. And, um, and that was my life changing experience, bro. Yeah. Like I, you know, I got shot five times with a, with a pretty powerful weapon and, and I made it, you know? And, and at the time I didn't realize how people would tell me, you know, you're here for a reason and, you know, you have a purpose here and this and that, you know, and, and it would actually get me a little bit upset. And, um, and now I see it, bro. And, And my mission is to motivate the youth. And, and, and to tell my story and to uh, to uh, hopefully open the eyes of a kid that was in my situation and just feeling hopeless and feeling like life ain't worth living, you know. And, and I'm living testimony that with a little motivation and determination, like, man, like they say, sky's the limit, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, brother. And, you know, my condolences to you and the family on the loss of your brother and you know, I'm glad you're healing up, and I'm glad, despite everything, bro, that you know, you, you, whether or not you were crying wolf or not, there was something that made you say that to your mom at that young age. And at the end of the day, I'm glad that you're still here, man. I'm glad that you're still here to tell your story and, and to be living proof that 
you can come from that and still be to where you are today, man, because I want to talk about that and your life now, you know, after going through so much and where you have landed and what it means to be where you are now as opposed to where you've been or where you could have been. Because you could have easily, very easily said, fuck it. I don't give a fuck about nothing or nobody. And yeah. I'm just going to go out in a blaze of glory. When I die, I die. But you haven't. You know, you're yeah. here. And to be, you know, part of the team handling the Perseverance rover and getting the first pictures of Mars. I mean, how many people can say that? How many people can say that they played even, you know what I mean? The most that we got to do was look at it on Instagram. You know what I mean? And you're inside. So, you know, tell me all about that and tell me, you know, what it means to, to be where you're at now. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's pretty humbling to be honest with you. Like, I, you know, I, I, when I'm at work, I always, while I'm walking down the halls or while I'm feeding beers or whatever the case is at work, like, I sometimes stop and I think just like, man, I'm blessed, bro. Like, there's no other, there's no other explanation about it other than I'm just blessed. And, and I don't take it for granted, you know, and because I, I think I have taken life for granted in the past and, and it didn't, it didn't, um, and it didn't pay off. So, so now I, I just take life for what it's worth. And, and, um, to me right now, it's worth everything, you know, and, and I'm glad I'm here, you know, but <clears throat> it wasn't always easy. You know, I, I, there's some people that hit me up on Instagram, like, you know, I, you know, I, I lived a rougher life than you and I'm glad you're doing good, but it's not easy for everyone. Like that wasn't easy for me. You know, life, life ain't easy for everyone. I understand, you know, and I never, I never make it like, oh, I've lived the worst life ever. You know what I'm saying? What I do, what I do know is that I don't think there's a lot of people that can live the life that some of us have lived, Right. you know, and, and survive and, and, and move forward from that, you know, and, and because of that, because of that, that very reason, like that, that drives me to tell my story so I can bring that hope back, you know, because it's easy to lose, man. Yeah. Oh my, it's so easy, bro. And look, you know, I'm a combat vet. Yeah. I've been to Iraq and back three times, bro. I had to watch my friends die. I had to watch my friends get shot, get blown up in front yeah. of me and keep on and keep on with the mission tomorrow yeah. because we still got to go. I had to do that, bro. You know how many people had to do that? Not a lot, but you know what? Yeah. I didn't have to face what you face, dog. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know that I could. So we need to make sure that we kill all this competition shit because it's not a competition. You know, trauma is trauma. No. We all been through some heavy shit, man. And if we take yeah. this time to spread this understanding, man, we're going to be a lot better off, you know, and I think it's easy for people to look at you and go to your in Instagram and be like, damn, NASA, oh, this fool's acting, he's on the yeah. set. Like, this fool can't relate to the problems it's I crazy. have. He doesn't know, you know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, he doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't even know. But little do they know what you came through to get to where you're at. Yeah, man. Uh, and thank you again, bro. Like, thank you just for just for noticing that, you know, because, you know, people, people like myself or like, you know, a lot of people are not used to the thank yous and we're not used to, you know, being in the spotlight in a positive manner. It, 
whenever we have a spotlight on us, we're used to, you know, it being the cops or yeah, the yeah. principal or this or that, you know what I mean? So, and every time I hear, you know, thank yous and stuff, like it literally, it literally gives me chills, bro, because it means that people are actually listening, you know, and, and, and it's just, uh, it, it, I would be a fool not to pay it forward straight up, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's my whole motive, you know, it's just to pay life forward, you know? Yeah, bro. That And that shows too, you know, you do a ton of work for the community. So is that where a lot of that motivation comes from? Just, just that renewed love for life and just wanting to pay that forward and, and just to, you know, help out the youth? Yeah. You know, um, I, I, uh, I've done a few events in the Skid Row area and, you know, just the people legit saying thank you and looking in your eyes and you just feel that sincerity behind their thank you. Like that's priceless. But, you know, this last past, uh, this past August, August 7th, the day after my birthday, I was blessed enough to host an event in the city of El Monte and, and, um, myself with my friend Jacob from Project Coffee Club yeah, and a couple homie. other people Shout that helped. Jacob. Yeah, man. Straight up. That's, that's a, that's a good dude right there. Oh, but yeah. good, we, good uh, we, we were, heck yeah, we were blessed enough to pass out, you know, almost 300 backpacks. Yeah. with supplies yeah, yeah. for for all age groups not just it was it was like custom to their age and, and you know and the grade that they were going in and so and when we did that bro and, and the parents would come up and say thank you the mayor came up and said thank you to us for doing that and just that and not only that but i took my mom to that event with her not knowing what my plan was or what i was up to and i just told her hey get ready we're going to Almani." And uh, you're gonna help me do some stuff, and and when we were there, and people were talking about me, and I was able to tell my brief story of why I was doing that, and you know why why in the city of Almani, and my mom was in tears because she couldn't believe that that was my event, you know, and and that right there, man, that that right there was like no feeling ever that I've ever had other than you know just straight happiness and and just feeling blessed. Oh my God! Yeah, and so, bro. And yeah. so, yeah that that was that's why I do it. You know what I mean? And and there's gonna be many more to come, and and I'm eager to get it started. Heck yeah, bro! And we're behind you, man. Anything me and my team can do to help, it's automatic, bro. You know, and and I get chills thinking about that moment, bro, and just thinking about. She could be crying on the other side of a of a plexiglass, talking to you through a telephone. You know what I mean? Not yeah. being able to touch you, not being able to know what's happening when, when the lights go out, not being able to know if you're going to wake up in the morning or, or something happened to you That's behind it. bars, you know, here you are. She's crying tears of joy, bro. After everything that you guys have been through, you know, just blessed and happy to see you standing there. You know what I mean? And that's amazing, bro. So, like I said, I'm off. Yeah, that bro. was a good day. Yeah. Oh, I'm That's sure, right. man. And I know that October 7th, you got a, a speaking engagement coming up hosted by an Almonte Congresswoman. Yes. So let's talk about that, bro. How how can we watch that? And just give me a little bit of background on how that came to be and what it's going to be. Because I'm excited, bro. You can count on me tuning in for sure. Yeah, so I'm going to, I got invited to speak um, at the table with the United States Congresswoman that represents the San Gabriel Valley. Her name is Grace Napolitano, and um, and she her mission is to prevent or to help the the whole subject of youth and mental health, and 
and she's eager to hear my story. And um, I got an invite by a gentleman from the city of Almani that's a, uh, he's a juvenile social worker, uh, but he specializes in uh, youth Latino uh, mental health. And so he reached out to me on Instagram and asked if I would be interested. And man, I was flattered, you know, and, and when he asked me that I, again, man, I just get the goosebumps because it's just surreal for me, you know, because I never, I never pictured myself doing stuff like this. I always wanted to, you know, but I never pictured me actually doing it and it's all happening. And yeah, October 7th, man, uh, two days before the 17th anniversary of, my brother passing and us getting shot. Um, I'm going to be at the table with the United States Congresswoman. Wow. That's amazing, brother. Congrats on that. You, you earned that seat, man. You. you really did. You really did. You know, and, and that's Thank what this show is about, bro. It's to create a platform for stories like yours to help those that will come after us and those that feel alone. Even now, like all hope is gone. Somebody listening to this right now can feel like it's, you know, there's nothing left. And your story is proof that you really should never ever ever give up never give up man and and you know and some people are like yeah you know it's easier said than done but and i know you know i i would think the same thing when people would tell me you know and you know once there's just so many stories that i could just go on and on about about you know just me almost giving up and and now that i'm going through what i'm going through and i'm having these opportunities to spread my word and my story for a positive purpose is just it's just man it's just a blessing you know and you'll hear other podcasts that i have done i have no other description of it other than it just feels like a blessing to me you know and and now that you know i'm gonna be at the table with the united states congresswoman you know for latino heritage month and and we're gonna talk about suicide and we're gonna talk about mental health amongst the latino youth community and it's just uh, surreal, straight up, man. Yeah, it is. But it's amazing, and I'm glad, and it's powerful. And, again, it's, it's conversations that need to be had. You know, the youth are in trouble, bro. They are. There, There's no way around yeah. it. You know what I mean? They need help. They need guidance. And, and we're here for it, you know. It's up to us, bro. It's up to us to show them how to treat each other. It's up to us to show them how to be compassionate and love each other, you know. And, look, you and I are only two guys, you know what I mean? But, hey, we know two other guys like us, and they know two more like them. So as long as we keep on leaking, bro, and just keep on getting stronger with this network of love and understanding, bro, you know what it, it Later with all that, you know, you can't love each other because you're men type shit. Like, fuck all of that. Yeah. Bro. Fuck it all. Yeah, all that, all that. Yeah, all that hate and envy, bro. Like, I, as soon as I feel that, bro, I just said it because, we don't have time for that at know? all. At all, and it takes a it takes a it takes a village to to make a movement happen and and to actually get it moving. And you know that's what we got to do. You're you're absolutely correct. We got to get together, and and no matter how big that person's platform is, you know their their voice needs to be heard because there's people out there dying to hear, literally dying to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Dying to hear. Uh, someone tell them that not to give up, you know, because nine times out of ten and, and, and they're on their side, nobody really cares, you know, and, and one of these kids needs to hear that they're not hopeless and they're not worthless and there is, some, there is you know, light at the end of the tunnel per se, you know, and 
and that's my mission, man. And, and I hope that before, you know, God takes me to heaven, I hope that I do have a chance to change a kid's mind, you know, and, and I feel like I, I am because, you know, as of now, you know, I, I'm not some, you know, famous actor or someone that has, you know, a hundred thousand followers on Instagram by no means, but people do reach out to me and it's youth, it's older adults that just got out of the prison and they want to hear something positive. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're hitting me up with hopes to hear something positive to change, change their mind of whatever they're, they're feeling at the moment. And, and I've been blessed to legit feel that i've done that you know and and i'm not gonna stop it's just gonna keep going that's awesome bro no i'm glad it's not gonna stop man you know i encourage you to keep that train rolling bro, because you never know doggy you never know who's gonna come along and at what moment bro you know what i mean i've made some good friends i I mean near and dear friends that are hey i just randomly heard your podcast one day or somebody randomly shared your instagram post you know what i mean like that's how it is. We got to get out there and spread that love and let these people know that it's out there amongst all the hate. You know what I mean? It can just be really, it really hard to find in, in all the bullshit. 100% bro. And it's just easy to follow negativity, you know, and, and you know, that's why in anything that I do, I, I post it on my Instagram because I want people to see that not every quote unquote cholo is up to no good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some, there's, there's some people out there that are legit trying to make a difference. And, and one of them is me, bro. And, and that's why uh, that's the motive behind me working so hard, you know, doing different projects and working at NASA and being there for almost eight years is because it's almost like I'm building my portfolio to put out on the table that way that youth that's interested can see, like, I ain't bullshitting. Like, this is what I got. And this is where I'm at, and you can be right here too. So, so let's keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? And and that's that's my thing, man. That's uh, that's what I'm trying to do, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah, well, you're doing it successfully, bro. I mean, if I if I could <clears> see you, it, man. believe me, other people could see it too. You know, and for me, a thank, big thing, man. You. Yeah, of course, you're welcome. You know, for me, of course, I I, I want to heal. I want to help people all around the world. But number one, I got to take care of me and mine. You know what I mean? So what's the attitude now? Fast forward with you as a father and even a grandfather now. How important is it for you to openly express to your children like, hey, you know, if you can talk to me about anything, I'm here. You know, do you have those types of conversations or do you still find it kind of hard, you know, to share when it comes to mental health and your bloodline? Well, I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. And with everybody listening, like, um. I have a I have a troubled relationship with my kids, you know, and and a lot of that stems from um, I'm not blaming it on on how I grew up or, right, or what right. I've seen as a kid, but it does stem from that. And you know, to this present time, um, you know, we have a little communication here and there. I I haven't met my granddaughter yet, um, but hopefully in the near future, you know, maybe that's in the horizon, you know, and and. Um, and my kids know they love me or my kids know that I love them. And, and, you know, we text here and there and we keep in contact on Instagram and stuff like that. Um, but that's a work in progress, man. And, and, you know, that's just another thing that I have on my plate that I gotta, I gotta fix, you know, and, and I'm just like a regular, you know, the regular homie on the block, you know, just, uh, trying to, trying to get through life and trying to make things right at the same time, you know, and, um, shout out to my kids, uh, you know, Anthony is my son, 
Um, and I have three daughters, Somara, Yovana, and Destiny. Um, Destiny is the one that brought, brought my granddaughter into this world. And, you know, she's out there. They live in San Bernardino. They're hus- you know, she's a little hustler. She, she has her little business of doing uh, eyebrows, stuff like that. So, you know, and, and um, like I said, man, it's just uh, it's a work in progress. And, and, um, and I'm here to also, you know, talk to the dads that are having issues with their kids, you know, because I deal with the same things that everyone else is dealing with. And, and we got to come together so we can support one another so we don't feel alone on those dark days, you know, and, and, uh, and that's also something that, that, that I have on my motivational list. And that's to point out to the dads that are going through it with their kids, you know, because I, I, I share the same situation sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, for sure, man. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I split custody with two of my boys and to anybody that doesn't, it's the, the deepest pain that I can feel. And that's just being completely honest yeah. with you, you know, not being with them 24 yeah. seven, not being there with them to say goodnight, you know, and I get them, you know, we share custody. So I see them, you know, frequently, but it just doesn't yeah. cut it. You know what I mean? It's not enough, bro. It's not enough. And I really have to bury that deep. Otherwise, it'll consume me. You know what I mean? It's, it's a deep, sure. dark pain. And so just like you said to all the dads listening that may be experiencing that, you know, work as hard as you, you can. You're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. And yeah. just work as hard as you can. Yeah. You know, a couple years back, I I wasn't as close as I am with them now. But now I am, bro. You know what I mean? Now I am through through work and just through dedication and prayer. And you know, bro, I believe God ha- has his hand on everything you're doing, man. So just trust in him. Yeah. And I believe, you know, in his timing, you know, God heals all wounds. And it's only a matter For of time, sure. bro. You know, it's only a matter of time. So speaking about hustling, you know, you said your daughter's a hustler. So I'm sure she gets yeah. that from you, man. You know, so... Tell me a little bit about Pushing Fruits and how that came to be and, you know, kind of what that does for you. You know, does, does it give you kind of like a release and, you know, from, from just the normal day-to-day or, you know, what is it all about? Yeah, yeah, man, Pushing Fruits uh, LA, man, that's my uh, that's my side gig and and I'm a proud owner of my little business and, and I'm so blessed that it's grown to where it's at now, you know, being that I've been in the game for three years only. Um the way that started, man, is just uh, I would stop at the Frutero on my way home from work. That was on my exit. Uh-huh. And um, I would pull over and I would just talk to the, the senor, you know. And he was probably like a older guy from Oaxaca, um, probably around 65 or something like that. And and he was always just upbeat. And I would talk to him about, you know, the fruta and the, the chopping method, and, you know, just everything. And, and I think it was, uh, I think it was kind of, a release for him too as well, you know, because not everybody talks to the Frutero, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> so I just would talk to him and pick his brain about his sales and, <clears throat> you know, him himself, him and his wife, they worked in the same parking lot. One was on one end and the other one was on the other end, but they worked for a higher management or something of the, that nature, you know? And, um, but he would tell me how much he would make, man. And, and me, you know, being being that that uh, child support payer, uh, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've always been, yeah, yeah, child, I shout feel out it, dog. I feel it, dog. Child support. I feel it. <clears throat> but I've always been in the in the game of making extra cash, you know, and and I went from selling, you know, stuff that wasn't as legal as fruit, and <laughs> now, and that was my whole concept, you know, is just that cash collection, and and so I just. One day I told my fiance, like, you know what? Or actually it was a few months that I was telling her, 
uh, that I wanted to buy a proof card and I wanted to get that hustle on. And finally, I came home one day and she's like, you know what? Shut up already with that. Just do it. You know, like you keep saying you want it and you don't. And sure enough, I picked up my little brother the following weekend. We went to downtown to the food district and the hunt started there. I asked one of the guys, I asked, I, I looked for the youngest, hippest looking kid right there, you know, because there's a <laughs> lot of older dudes right there. And I asked him, like, hey, where can I buy a food card? And he's like, oh, why are you going to, you're going to, they they thought that I was in the game to buy the fruit card and have someone make money for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, that's not, that's not what I'm trying to do at all. I'm trying to do it myself. And so he got on the phone with the seal and the seal told him where to go. And I went and, uh, and I bought my fruit card, man. And that's where Pusher Food started. Wow. That's awesome, man. So what, how did you get into like the art of cutting it and all that? Did you just, from talking to the other guy or, or you know, is it just, are you learning nah. as you go? Or? <laughs> no, I just, you know, I've always had a passion for cooking. Um, and you know, my, my ultimate goal is to have a storefront restaurant, you know, a small one, a little cafe, maybe a breakfast cafe or something. But that's my passion is cooking for people. And, and I figured that buying a food cart and selling food that was both the most inexpensive way to start my chef career per se. And, and the most amusing for me because it gives me a chance to, uh, detach from work, the, the behind the computer and the data centers all day long. Um, and not really having any social uh, contact during work hours. Right. Um, this kind of gave me the release to, to get my social skills out because I, I'm a social butterfly. And, and man, sometimes it's torture if I can't talk to somebody, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. And so selling fruta and talking to people and, and just bringing that humanity to people, man, it, it's just, it, a lot of times it feels like these people are surprised that someone's talking to them and that's sad, you know? Yeah. And that's what gives me that gratification. Not only, not only just talking to people, but watching them enjoy the creation I made for them. And that's the, the fruta with the tahin and the lime and chaka chaka and, you know, all those good stuff on it. And, and they just, that, that surprise is watching them enjoy what I made them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was going to be my follow-up question. I was going to ask, you know, what's that like when you do see someone, you know, it really take a bite and just, oh, fuck, enjoy it. You know what I mean? Because not just because it's fruit or that it's done well, but it's fruit that you made with the best intentions and, and just full of love. How does that feel when you see somebody vibing on it and just really jamming on it? Yeah, man. Um, that, like I said, that's the, you know, just, all day grinding in the sun, chopping up fruit. The payoff is when the people tell you like, Oh man, I've been watching this on Instagram and I'm finally, I'm finally able to taste it. And it's so bomb. And you know, just those compliments that it's, it's almost better than a trophy, man. It's it's pretty, it's pretty humbling and it's, and it's flattering, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely bro. And I'm right there with you. You know, look, I wasn't always, the best man, you know, and I, and doing this show yeah. and having people come on and having people thank me and say, you know, take time out to really say, Hey, I just want to thank you. Or are you inspire me or this, that, and the other to come from where I was and who I was every single time, just like you, it's surreal to me. Like, I can't believe someone is thanking me because I was such a, a dog. You know what I mean? I was such a turd. Yeah. There's no other way around it, you know, but I was able to pick myself up. You know, I was able to find that self love, to find that confidence, to say, you know, 
you're better than this. You know, get off the ground. You know, right. Clean yourself up and let's get back to it. There's a war to fight. That's you right. know what I mean? And, and, and hey, so shout it, out to you, bro. Seriously, because it's pretty easy, you know. And and I'm glad that that, that you share a little bit about you because uh, you know, for one, I had no clue, and two, that just means that we're two in a team, and there's many more of us out there, bro. And, exactly. And all it's all it's gonna take is this word to get out, and and the team gets bigger, you know. Of course, of course, one at a time. You know what I mean? Day by day, bro. We're we're here to take over, and so just to Heck just yeah. you know to somebody that's in that spot, bro. Just before we wrap up. You know, there's somebody listening now that's just, I, I got nothing left. You know what I mean? What do you, what just kind of words can you offer them just to, to have them keep pushing, man, to just remind them that their miracle can be around the corner? Yeah, so first and foremost, bro, um, I think the, 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 the first thing that I want people to understand is that when you're in that dark place and you're just feeling like the bottom of the pit, um, all bad times are temporary. You know, uh, all bad, everything bad is temporary. It's going to pass. And and I just wish a lot of people, you know, really put thought into that because I think it would save lives. And, and if you're a homie out there or a homegirl or, you know, anybody out there just feeling down and feeling like you're at your wit's end, um, man, you know, you're not. There's there's a lot of life out there. We just gotta we just gotta gra- grab it. You know, grab it by the horns and and take charge of of our lives. And you know, sometimes we don't always have the clearest mind. You know, and and I've always had a problem with acting on emotion. And I think if 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 people really think about you know what they're going through at that time and and just hang on tight and, and stay writing. Like they're going to overcome every negative situation. Absolutely. And that's, that's my, that's my word, man. Is just to always remember that every bad time is, is temporary. That's right, man. You know, we just got to reach out, bro. We got to let people know we're here. You know, they know you're here. They know I'm For here. Sure. DMs are open. Emails are open. Fucking carrier pigeon is open. You know, whatever you got to yeah. do to get to us, <clears throat> we'll answer. You know what I mean? We'll answer. 100%. But all you got to do is reach 100%, out, bro. 100%, man. All you got to do is reach yeah. out. Is, is there anybody, bro, did you want to say what's up to her? Shout out just before we wrap up here. Oh, uh, man, shout out. Just shout out to everybody that follows me and, and everybody that, that listens, that legit listens to my story and, 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 and says thank you. I just, uh, you know, I just, that, like I said, that's just very humbling to me and, and, and I appreciate everybody that's out there, um, you know, rooting for me. And um, shout out to my mom. Um, she's on the team heavy, um, I don't, even though she's probably not listening because she doesn't know how to figure out you know the platforms and stuff but but um she she's my she's my rock you know and if it wasn't for her and god i would i wouldn't be here and and i'm here and i'm gonna make you know positive things happen and that's my promise to god so um yeah man i'm I'm excited for the future and there's a lot of things coming up and and i'm just glad that that i'm on your team bro and and i'm here to help and anything you got coming on in the future whether it's you know talking to 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 the kids or or whatever it is, man, I'm here, and and I got you 100 percent as well. 
Thank you, brother. And it's mutual, you know, and that goes for me and the entire team. I, th I think they'd be completely fine with me saying that and, and standing here and backing you up and everything that you do, bro. We're excited to watch you rise to the top, and we thank you for taking the time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Thank you. See you next time. Summertime blues Anything I do It seems I just Can't get through All these bad moods Alright everybody Special shout out to George for that man What a powerful conversation And I'm sure we barely even scratched the surface We'll try to get him on again Later on down the road Make sure to follow him And his, and his business At pushingfruits underscore LA And follow him at Underscore C's Underscore up Underscore one on Instagram For all of our content And all of our merchandise Make sure to check us out At www.extendedfamilyapparel.com We'll see you next time I'm just alone Stuck in my head here I'm sitting at home Watching the old tubes in my head are sucking out all the